you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Hey folks, we've made it. This is my last of my series of favorite local albums of 2023. There was a brief interruption because I had a regular interview episode that needed to come out uh, due to a time-sensitive show that was happening. But uh, here we are. This is number five through number one of my favorite local albums of the year. And as I've done in past years, you know, anything that really makes the top 20 is a really good record, is something that I've listened to quite a bit throughout the calendar year, and it's something that I would recommend. So, you know, if, if your favorite album of the year ended up on my list and it was at number 15 or number seven or whatever, um, they're all still really good. And like I said, at the very beginning of this whole series, I had narrowed my list down from about 40 or so down to 20. And then now on this episode down to the top five. So there's so much good music coming out of Winnipeg in all genres at all times that this is, I guess, kind of like a vain exercise where I'm just foisting my views upon people. But, um, it really is indicative, I guess, of how, how much good stuff is coming out of the city that it, it's even hard at all to, to come up with a list of, of top 10, top 20, top 40, without having to skip a lot of really good records that probably deserve to be on the list anyway. So anyway, if you've listened to the past three in this series, awesome. Welcome to number four, the fourth and final episode. If you haven't, go back and check them out. I started at number 20 and I've been working my way up slowly through to number one, which you're going to hear today. So starting off this top five at number five is a really unexpected album that, that I would not have ever imagined would make it on this list just because I didn't know it existed until um, this artist reached out to me um, and sent me a copy of the CD. So this is um, Derek Helps, who is a member of Lakes and Pines in the teeming metropolis of Morden, Manitoba. And um, Derek's solo album, That Night a Forest Grew, which really, really um, is something that grew on me. I mean, I liked it the first lesson, I liked it the second lesson, but I've listened to it a number of times since, and it's really kind of... Um, built my appreciation for it. It's a singer-songwriter record. Um, it definitely has that kind of acoustic, folky, uh, almost twangy vibe at times, but it also has uh, this kind of atmosphere to it. There's a lot of um, almost soundscapey parts to the record, which was unexpected, and there's a lot of crunchy, alt-rock, uh, almost grungy elements as well. Um, and I think that, like, it really took me by surprise because I've heard a lot of singer-songwriter records. I've heard a lot of acoustic records. I've heard a lot of records of... Um, you know, in that style, and there's nothing wrong with that style, and there's a lot of really excellent albums that have come out of Winnipeg and Manitoba in that style, but this one was a little different, and um, it definitely, like I said, it caught me by surprise, and it was really cool, um, a really cool listen. So um, it's certainly off the radar, I think, compared to a lot of the albums that I've mentioned in this series so far, but I would strongly uh, recommend you check out Derek Helps. He's in Morden, um, so it's a little bit off the beaten path, 
for most Winnipeggers, but uh, that night of Forest Grew, excellent record. And I'm going to play a clip from the interview I did with him earlier this year, as well as a song from the album. Are, are there lots of little... Um, commun- I mean, I guess it depends on the genre of music you're playing, but I've talked to, for example, a lot of country artists uh, who have found all of these little spots mm-hmm. in every town and every community in rural Manitoba, like across the whole province, mm-hmm. where they can play. There's a, some kind of venue, there's, whether it's a bar, the one bar in town or whatever else. I mean, I know Morden's bigger than that, but... Um, are there a lot of smaller communities around that area that, that, that shows are happening at? Or is that sort of limited to, you know, maybe bigger name acts or country acts or things like that? No, there's other other places around in the other communities. Like, uh, there's often you see bands coming through playing in, like, at the Opera House in Manitou. Um, like, I don't think it was recently... But uh, Christine Fellows, um, I think like Jess Reimer and uh, that kind of bluegrass type stuff. I've seen that at uh, at the Opera House several times. Cool. Um, yeah, and I think there there are venues, but they're uh, they're smaller and maybe a little bit more more private. Is there a lot of house shows and things like that? <laughs> Uh, there used to be. I'm like I haven't. I haven't been to one for a while, but I imagine that they do still happen. Well, I guess the reason that I ask is 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 because I mean I, I'm so focused on Winnipeg. You know, I'm interviewing people twice a week, and I'd say eighty-five to ninety percent of them are from Winnipeg, and then a bunch of other ones are from Brandon. So I mean, it's like anything outside of the the major Manitoba cities. It's it's kind of a mystery to me, and I'm always very interested in sort of what's happening because right. it, it's it's easy to forget that that there are communities outside of Winnipeg and even forgetting Brandon. I mean, there's, there's so much going on here that it's, uh, it's, it's always interesting to find out what's happening in the, the smaller uh, communities because everyone's making music. I mean, this province has like a really great history and reputation for, for music making everywhere. Yeah, definitely. Um, another cool thing that's going on in, in Morden music wise, uh, I think it's every three weeks. Uh, they've closed down a section of street and have a permanent kind of stage fixture gathering area there. And uh, so there's local bands that play there uh, every third week, I believe it is. And um, that's another opportunity in the summer. Winter winter gets a little more scarce. Of course, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll usually at least once a year organize some sort of a music band night at our Legion the Legion's been really good for letting us basically have free reign of the place. So nice. can kind of weird sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> you must get some interesting audiences there, I imagine. Yeah, well, and it's, you know, there's a comfort level that uh, maybe you wouldn't necessarily have at some of the, you know, more regularly played places in the city where, you know, you're not necessarily just going to throw throw a handful of whatever you got going on at the time at the wall and hope something sticks, you know, just take a Hail Mary and maybe it's going to (laughs) suck. And, but that's okay if it does, because it doesn't really matter. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So there's a lot of cool stuff. Like there's, yeah, one of my buddies does some uh, like electronic music and just different things that uh, people, at least in the area here, it's, kind of new and exciting or just new and 
what the heck was that? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, with this record, I mean, now that it's out, what is sort of your your plan with it? Because like you were saying before, these are sort of songs that you felt you needed to release that were different from the other projects you were working on. What what are you hoping to sort of um, achieve with this now that you've released it? Are you are you planning on doing more shows, whether it's locally or otherwise? Uh, what what's sort of the, the the near future goal, I guess, now that uh, it's out in the world? I would like to play shows. I do have a band that uh, we've been rehearsing, and uh, we've played a couple shows locally. Like we played uh, the Back Forty Music oh, yeah. Festival in town, um, and had done a few few shows prior to that. Um, just summer is a hard time to try and get a bunch of people just to be on the same page at the same time and families going camping and baseball lessons and of course these things uh, it's hard it, you can't compete with the summer so I'm, I'm hoping for some more activity come fall In my red, there's a light on it, it's shining from the sea. Up the lights on the coastline, they watch me as I sleep. With my body there and I'm lonely, there is nothing here for me. So I packed my bags and took the first train and I I know, cause hey. 
So that was Derek Helps from That Night of Forest Crew. And coming up next at number four on my list is someone who is going to be no surprise uh, to anyone who knows me or has listened to the podcast in the past few years and is sort of aware of my musical tastes. Um, Tatiana Harishuk is probably one of my favorite, um, not discoveries because I didn't discover her, but my favorite uh, local artists over the past few years that I have stumbled onto hearing, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, she's a drummer, composer, and uh, this this new record is something that, that's really exciting. Um, I have attempted to see her live as much as I could uh, over the past year or so, and uh, the sound that her trio had at the Jazz Winnipeg Festival, and this is something we talk about in the full episode, uh, kind of extent, you know, extensively, if you want to check that out, but it went from like really interesting, uh, kind of weird jazz to this this really heavy and 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 like really abrasive, aggressive sort of. Uh, distorted vibe and it really really was an improvement on the previous stuff which i loved uh, to begin with so i think that um tatiana is doing something very adventurous uh, as far as music goes it's i guess ostensibly jazz and it follows you know uh, a number of jazz traditions but but it's out there it's it, and, and the more out there it gets uh, the cooler i think it is so um i, I put the record that uh, she released this year in my number four spot i could very easily have gone in any of the spots in the top five uh, it's excellent. It's called Someone You've Never Been. You can get that on Bandcamp, and I assume it's on all the other streaming services as well. I'm just too much of a Luddite to use those streaming services. But yeah, Tatiana's doing cool stuff. Her, her trio is awesome. Um, I strongly, strongly encourage you to check out what she's doing uh, if you have the opportunity, especially live, because it's, uh, it, is, it, is hard. it hits hard. Can't speak today. Anyway, so this is a song, as well as a clip from an interview we did earlier this year, which was actually Tatiana's third time on the podcast, and hopefully uh, she will be on many more times in the future because uh, I really dig what she's doing. If you dig deep, life is not like this and mellow and nice and like a little bit, you know, no, it's like all over the place. Yeah. And if you're creating something emotionally too, that's going to naturally happen, right? You're not going to, hopefully not going to stay at an even keel the whole time because, yeah, life, life isn't like that. Yeah. So... I don't know. I I don't know how to answer your question, but I'm I'm definitely at a at a crossroads where um I do much prefer to for example listen to um some heavier music or or more uh raw yeah and experimental music rather than something very uh academic and very precise. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. has that something that's sort of developed since you finished, since you've left kind of the academic world? Have you been more sort of drawn towards that kind of stuff once you finished your you know university education and all that, or was that always present? Um, I think this is something new, in a way, but it's something that's existed always. Yeah. Um. Sometimes in school, uh. It's like a very focused situation, right? So you're told what you should learn. You're told what you should be listening to. Um, and it's kind of weird because music is an art. And art is, it depends who you're talking to. Someone will think this is amazing. Someone will think yeah. this sucks. Uh, but in music school, it's like, no, you have to listen to this. It doesn't matter if you want to listen to something else. It's part of the curriculum. This is what we do here. And so there is a little bit of that um, 
of that like sheltering from everything else and a little bit of shame also <laughs> so like if you walk into the music school with uh with a t-shirt you know that's that's not a jazz t-shirt you might get some looks right. you know which is weird because there's so many genres of music that, that draw from jazz and that have jazz elements that obviously like those musicians have been influenced by and probably even been jazz students at one point in their lives anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was a joke. Like I, you can whatever t-shirt, but there's definitely like about the listening. Like if you're not listening to jazz all the time, then you're not a jazz musician. That's kind of the school mentality. Yeah. But, uh, but then you think about, People like uh, Brad Meldow, for example, who does a bunch of covers of Radiohead and the Beatles and, you know, and he's a jazz musician. But he also, like, he recorded with uh, with um, Chris Thile, Chris Thiele, I don't remember how to pronounce his last name, the mandolin okay, player, okay. Um, who's like a, a folk musician, you know. So Brad Meldow is one of those people who's all over the place. And yeah, like some jazz people don't like him because of that, but other jazz people love Brad Meldow because he's flexible. Right. Um, yeah. I guess it's like anything else, right? People are focused on, on keeping something pure and they they don't want anyone to deviate from what's been established as the sound. And I, 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 get, I get it too. I mean, there's definitely bands that I listened to when I was younger and then I hear new people, you know, being influenced by the same stuff, but they're doing it different. It's like, oh, I don't like it as much, but that's what needs to happen. You need to have someone uh, taking that those old sounds and, and adding new things to them and developing and that's how you get new styles of music and it's how you don't just get stuck in nostalgia land forever yeah absolutely and there is something there's something freeing about uh trying to like shed shed labels you know just because you went to school for jazz doesn't mean you're a jazz musician necessarily right. so that's kind of interesting so do you, know? you do you think of yourself as a jazz musician at this point then, or are you just a, are you just a drummer, or a composer, drummer, or whatever else you want to add to that? To I, that? I've I've actually never thought of myself as a jazz musician, and and this is um, this is a a very loaded topic, because I have a lot of um, I have a lot of respect for jazz music, and this is one of the reasons that, uh, for example, like I would. I would probably never record an album with standards okay. or record an album with uh, very famous jazz compositions because I've heard very good versions of and those songs. Probably lots of versions of those songs too, like yes. your hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. And there's something beautiful about, the way that those people performed those songs. And that's partly why I love that music. It's it's the music, but it's also the performers. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like I just need to leave that alone. I just need to appreciate that. But I I shouldn't try to do that specifically. Right, you're doing your own thing and you have that, that, that background and that history of listening and that education. But yeah, you can make it into whatever you want, I guess without having yeah. those, labels, those labels hung on you. Yeah. Yeah.
Up next at number three is a very familiar name and voice and face to the podcast. Uh, Rob Crooks, who was one of the uh, original co-hosts of the show way back in 2012 and has been a friend of mine for many years. Uh, my first bands were with him uh, going back to junior high school. Uh, I've known him for a long time. And uh, he is just consistently putting out records that are sort of pushing the envelope and doing more creative things with hip hop, um, with samples, with with singing and rapping and and producing. And this this newest album, it's very heavy. It's heavy lyrically. It's heavy sonically. It's dense. There's a lot going on. And uh, I'm probably wrong on this because he's released a lot of music over the past decade or so. But this feels like the first time that Rob has been in this mode uh, in a while. Um, he's definitely released a lot of music that has uh, a social consciousness focus, that has uh, political views, uh, that has, you know, kind of a, a very aggressive tone to it. But this one uh, seems more on point um, than any kind of I can remember in the near future. Uh, he's talking about important things. He's talking about serious things. He's talking about his uh, viewpoint on the way the world is, um, the way the world is and all the shit we've all been dealing with uh, globally over the past few years. And it's just really good. Um, you know, I, I've been a fan of Rob's music since, since I've known him, which is, it's got to be more than 20 years by now, uh, easily more than 20 years, probably 25 to 30 years at this point. And um, yeah, he makes good music. And uh, I really encourage you to check it out. So there's a clip from an interview I did with Rob, uh, I think it was in the spring of 2023, as well as a song from the album. And you know what? The album, I always forget the name of the album. It's because it's got this extremely long title. So I'm going to say the empire is dot, 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 because there's a lot of other words. I'm going to feel like an idiot if I say it wrong and miss some of it. So just look up Rob Crooks, look him up on all your streaming services, look him up on Bandcamp, uh, go to a show if there's any shows happening. He also released an excellent record with Kits Wilman, uh, right at the end of 2023. Uh, it's called Gazogene. It doesn't qualify for this listing, unfortunately, because I didn't have enough time to really give it a thorough listen. I really enjoy it. Uh, I think it probably would have made this list, but because of the timing, it was too late in the year for me to really consider it for my top 20 or top whatever. But check that out. Check this one out. And here's a clip plus a song. Well, I think sometimes people can get caught up in the like abstractness of of these big issues like when you talk about inflation or you talk about the war in ukraine or yeah um, you know like if you are housed even like people like being unhoused may seem like an abstract thing to you so i think like you have to think of them in concrete terms and i guess maybe the easiest way to think of them in concrete terms is to think about how it's affecting you know the things around you which is looking at, you can only do that by looking at it from a hyperlocal lens. Or, you know, it's, it's both, right? It's not either, or you kind of got to keep them both in mind, I guess. Right. Well, and as far as the, uh, I do want to, I think it's difficult to kind of divorce the, the subject matter and what you're talking about from the actual music itself. But on mm -hmm. the kind of the sonic side of things, one thing that I found really interesting, I was listening to it with headphones on and, um, this is not a feeling I've got from any of your previous records. And that's not a bad thing about your previous records, but this felt very, um, I felt very anxious listening to it. <laughs> like, and, and I don't know if that's something you did intentionally, but, and I mean more so even from a music, musical standpoint than from the, the lyrics and the subject matter, like the, the beats sounded very, they stressed me out. Like, and <laughs> it was a good thing because I'm having an emotional reaction to it. You know what I mean? But it sounded very kind of, uh, like almost claustrophobic, but right. 
I don't know if that's something you did intentionally, but it's very different. I feel like the production is different than um, what I've heard from you in the past in the sense that I... Not sure how to explain exactly what it is, but yeah, I felt I felt tense listening to the right. songs. Huh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> was that? I mean, did you do anything differently this time around to like when it came to the, well, uh, the production side? I guess this is the first time I've like mixed and mastered my own album, so I guess that's what it is. And this is maybe always what I've been going for. Right. I think like a lot of the times I. Like I like to produce in stereo because I, I do kind of think like I produce for, well, headphones, but yeah, I guess for headphones or whatever. Um, but often when you like send it to other people to mix or master, they'll like make a lot of things mono because like it's sonically better. I don't know. I don't really know how to mix and master. I just do it by ear. So yeah. I may sound like an idiot to people who know it, who know how to do it. Um, but anyways, like that, it always seemed to take out like that stereo dynamic that I always do like in my original mixes. And so maybe that had something to do with it because like I do, you know, that is sort of the, the, what I was going for, you know, especially with like the, the news clips coming in and out and stuff like that. Yeah. It, um, it, it, it's, was, it's dense. It's like dense audio. Like there's just, there's, it's very full, I guess. Uh, like in both both ears are full of of sound yeah you know i think um i used to people used to tell me that it was too much <laughs> um and i think i used to even try to like take some out for that reason but i guess i'm like just i'm just like this album was just so like i'm just it, it, it kind of felt like being in like a teenager again in the sense that I was just fucking doing it. I was having fun. I was had beats. I was rapping. I had, I had stuff to say. And, uh, so I guess like I took that same mentality to like producing it, you know, I was just doing what I wanted to do. Wasn't thinking about anything else. And of like my, like one of my biggest inspirations too is like public enemy. Right. Bomb so squad, I, yeah. I, yeah, there's a lot of bomb squad influence and they just had n noises going all the time like there's no there's no like breaks on a public enemy record you know no and that gives uh, you a similar sense of, of anxiety too because it's just it's just yeah. a barrage right mm -hmm. totally yeah i got asked on a podcast once like why my beats are so fast <laughs> like it was a rap podcast right so it was like what's with all the fast beats and then like at the time i was kind of just like yeah i don't know i've, I've been hearing that for a long time but then i was like it finally like dawned on me, like, because I listened to like BDP and Public Enemy. That's why my beats are fast, because their beats are fast too. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And like you said a minute ago too, like you're rapping on this record. Not that you haven't rapped on records recently, but you definitely have uh, on the past few. There's been a lot more singing, and they're they're singing on this as well. But I mean, it, you're. It's not exactly like how you were when you were a teenager, but you're rapping aggressively and you're angry and it's 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 fast and it's dense. Like, were you just kind of is rap like the better way to get this stuff out? Um, well, I guess rap. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was like an abrupt end to a question. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I should have added more, but I, yeah, like, I guess maybe a better way to, to, to say it is, I mean, like maybe going with, uh, the previous album where you had uh, a lot more singing. It was a lot more um, introspective talking about personal stuff. 
whereas this one is, is a lot more kind of outside yourself. And you mentioned that in the uh, description that, that comes with the album as well. Is that more suited to, to rap than singing? Like just having that amount of things to say? Yeah, I guess you do say a lot more when you're rapping because obviously because you say the words quicker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess that it does convey anger. It's easier to convey anger through rapping for me than singing. Like maybe people who could like scream really good, you know, convey a lot of anger that way, but I can't scream. So yeah. maybe rapping is the best way for me to convey anger. Um, and like also, you know, that sort of anxiety too. Like I like how in rap, like I can sort of convey almost like my thought process when I'm feeling really anxious, you know, like that, or like the words are just coming, you know, and they're just like all these maybe stressors or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Scared of tomorrow, proud conservative in earnership. Political views wants to conserve it. Can talk all day about freedom, liberty, justice, unity, reason. It's all fake. Conform to the norm you're burdened with. Most Canadians are just like Americans. Step into his land according to a court of fiction. Queen's bench, no jurisdiction. Change the direction of breath you were born. No law justifies theft, only guns. Shoot to kill, who you will. No consequence, no moons in jail. As long as it's on his property. But those laws ain't lost to us, they ain't lost to me. Let's talk expropriation, redistribution, expropriation. Just got tenure, confused liberal, into simple view of the world, but influential. Can talk all day about subalterns, smiling to the homeless so they don't feel other. Progressive values all amount to the world's getting better, better always. Really just want to fix the system. Something like one, two, quick and quicksand. This thing to them just needs adjustment. It touched their heart and they're bleeding from it. Lack of substance, can't see depression, existing in structures, only in gestures, and that's how they justify their ignorance, their whole fucking life. Up next, another record I'm not going to try to name. Um, it's by Wilt, and Wilt is a very heavy band that I think uh, most people locally who are involved in the metal scene um, would be familiar with and, and beyond. Um, they've been putting out really great music for a long time, uh, for over a decade now, and I've been listening to them kind of uh, under the radar uh, for the last little while. I have a few of their albums that I've just kind of... Um, I hadn't seen them live. I hadn't really uh, done much research into what they were all about other than just these albums that I happened upon that were really cool. So uh, this new album, uh, it, I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm not going to try. I know in the interview they pronounced it, but it, it, it's just a really good, really good record. It's um a short number of songs, but the songs are long. And the songs are, what I like about their music, and this one in particular, is that the songs are, you know, it, it's like doom, black metal, that kind of vibe. But it's really heavy, really abrasive, really, really raw sounding. And then it will just sort of devolve into these really pretty, um, 
almost lyrical instrumental parts that that kind of bridge the heaviness. And and it's one of the things I always liked about what they do is that there's so much atmosphere uh, in their music. And I think that this new record is has more of that than, than all of the other ones. And uh, yeah, I really I really enjoy it. It's 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 a really good contrast from just absolutely abrasive, screamy heaviness to these these really really um, almost orchestral sort of uh, sections, and it's rad. So I'm going to play a clip from an interview I did with two members of Wilt, as well as a song from that new record. That takes a long time to be a band. I mean, a lot of local bands I talked to on the show have been around for considerably less than that, or they've been around for a couple of years and broke up and started something new. What is sort of the longevity? What What is the reason for the longevity of Wilt at this point? Like, why 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 do you think this has worked as a band and you're able to keep going? Well, that's a good one. Uh, I think uh, what kind of helps the longevity is, to be honest, the surprising amount of... Uh, you know, replay value and the the touring and the opportunities that we kind of get presented. Um, it kind of keeps everything flowing uh, and the fans and everything else, right? Like we couldn't do this without the fans. A little bit of backstory. We started this as a studio project and then the album got popular and we decided to take it on the road and it got even more popular. So um, it was solely like fan uh, fuel for the most part. That's cool because it's kind of the reverse of what most bands are doing too, right? Where they're, where they're touring constantly and then they release the record and th- th- that's interesting. Well, I think that, that uh, I mean, every every city has its own very, very loyal metal scene, right? I mean, I know that the metal scene as an umbrella genre has so many subgenres and, and different different uh, aspects to it, but just in general, it seems like a lot of cities have a very like loyal and rabid metal fans who are who, they find what they want and they they really really stick with it that's right yeah um i find winnipeg is is a little bit tricky with doom or the stuff that we play um not to say that our fans aren't here it's just tricky uh i feel like uh, there's a lot of thrash and death metal bands like that come out almost every second week right of course so yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of saturated a little bit and we're kind of uh, sticking out a little bit as something different right so. how has that sort of impacted you guys um over the course of your existence as a band here i mean is, is it is it difficult to sort of figure out where you fit in as far as you know being on bills at shows and things like that because you're playing in a different style even though it's it's a related style um and sometimes it can be a little bit difficult because we want to have kind of because you know we play black metal and doom and uh you know occult rock or or other things or stoner doom can kind of go adjacent to it yeah um but with that overabundance of kind of thrash bands and stuff like that we we mix very well with those those uh those shows but um ideally we want like a whole like doom night or a whole a mix of black and doom right uh it's a bit tricky here in winnipeg um there was some but unfortunately maybe pandemic took its toll on them or they just it from inactive you know yeah yeah brett were you gonna say something i was just gonna say that i mean we kind of we don't fit into a specific kind of genre but we kind of can dip our toes in a little bit of everything like we have a little bit of everything that someone would like 
I th- I like to think. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can play with thrash bands, we can play with doom bands, we can play with black metal bands. It all just kind of works out. Yeah, well, and that, that, that's I think that's one of the good things about Winnipeg too is that there there are so many bands, regardless of what genre you're talking about. That you know you can find a show somewhere. There's going to be someone who wants to play with you. But I, I think that what I kind of like about Doomier stuff in general is that, and especially like your new record has a lot of this. I feel like um, is that kind of atmospheric vibe where, where where you know yes, there's the extremely heavy parts, but there's also these kind of like almost pretty um, you know instrumental bits that are that are really kind of put forward a a vibe. And I think that that part of it would fit in with a lot of different kinds of bands even outside of the metal genre and then of course you have the parts that are just like punishingly heavy and then that is going to appeal to a certain type of person as well but that's kind of what i've always been interested in as far as as far as that style is is having that kind of really slow really kind of um creating an atmosphere before the kind of really crunchy and, and sludgy bits yeah like i mean we have a lot of different influences too outside of metal like we like post-rock i like country you know there's anything really yeah just it just and that that just kind of adds to our i guess our sound really all those different influences and we can take it places we want to it doesn't always have to be heavy right yeah we frequently well we try our best anyway to play sled island festival which is such an eclectic festival i'm yeah. not sure if you've heard or seen but they have like rappers or B, they have drum and bass, they have like black metal, they have doom, they have everything, right? And we always try and uh, jump on that fest because it's just so, um, we just, it, it just fits and it's really nice to get like a, a, an eclectic crowd. Yeah. It's a, it's a fest we fit into well as well. If that makes sense, like yeah, it does, fit, it does fit yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, d- does I mean over the time you've been a band now? I mean, it's it's like you said, it's two thousand nine, two thousand ten kind of starting period to now. Obviously, like you said, also you listen to so many different styles of music individually, and you're you're getting exposed to all these different styles uh, at festivals like that. Have you seen like a significant uh, shift in your sound to sort of uh, start incorporating some of these these different styles, whether it's uh, subtle or not? You know, in what you do uh, over the years. Yeah, yeah, the sound's always progressing. Like, if you look at our first EP, it's more just a straight-up atmospheric black metal record. And, you know, then, you know, we like to incorporate Doom and, and you know, moving to Ruin. There's some post-rock influence there. The latest, there's, there's the clean parts and parts of songs that just, they're heavily influenced by country. <laughs> like Okay, okay. I don't think that's maybe necessarily obvious to the listener. Like, what 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 elements of country music are are coming through in those songs? Uh, just just kind of like big open chords, uh, more of like the slower gothic kind of style country stuff. Um, I mean, even some spaghetti western stuff, really. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that makes sense too. That kind of uh, very very soundtracky sort of um, cinematic almost uh, feel to it, right? Yeah, and, and I'm doing it. We're like we're doing it kind of in our own way too. Like it's not ob- going to be obvious. It's got to fit the music too, but it's there if you really look. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
And now the moment you've all been waiting for. My number one record of 2023 is... Drum roll, please. Uh, it is the new album by Super Duty Tough Work. For those who are unaware, Super Duty Tough Work has been running... I can't say the name of the band. I feel bad that my number one record, and I keep stumbling on the pronunciation, but Super Duty Tough Work is a local group that blends hip-hop with live instrumentation, with jazz background, with soul background, with um, all of these things that, that, that make a really unique sound. And they have an extremely uh, focused and strong uh, message. Their values are right on their sleeve. And uh, it's nice to hear, I mean, no offense to anyone else doing hip-hop music in Winnipeg, but it seems like there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, trend-wise and stylistically, there's a lot of rap music coming out that, that isn't really about anything. It's about sort of um, disposable concepts. It's about throwaway uh, materialistic things. And this, kind of similar similar to the Rob Crooks record, actually, this hits really hard. Uh, it's uncompromising in, in its subject matter, in, um, you know, holding truth to power, in all of these things that, that, that kind of has been lacking um, from... I, I guess the, the the rap scene writ large, there's always been rappers, especially in Winnipeg, that, that have always been having that social message, that have always been uh, hitting hard. But it, it, this is it's refreshing. It's refreshing to hear a record that A, has this kind of uh, consciousness, and B, is this good. I mean, musically, it, it's fantastic. Um, the way the live instruments are integrated into the sound with the hip-hop vocals is outstanding. And their previous tape... Um, was one of my favorites of the year. It came out as well. I was really hoping uh, that they would be uh, make it to the shortlist for the Polaris Prize. Um, hopefully this one will have similar critical acclaim. Uh, it's awesome. And I, I was happy to pick it up a copy on vinyl, gold vinyl, which makes it even more fun. And yeah, everything from the, the liner notes to the packaging to the, uh, obviously the music and the lyrics. It's just overall just, just, just a killer record. And, uh, it's really cool to see this kind of creativity coming out of Winnipeg. And I can't recommend Super Duty Tough Work enough. So thank you for listening to my rambling four episode long uh, rundown of, of the best of 2023. Your mileage may vary. You may have totally different records that you enjoyed this year. And that's one of the fun things about sort of getting involved in the local music scene as much as I have been over the course of doing this show. There's so much music. There's so many cool artists and everything from jazz to metal to hip hop to, you know, punk rock to hardcore to country to folk to classical music. There's so much happening in Winnipeg. And the fact that I could have made this list 60 records if I wanted to, there's been so much cool stuff just within this calendar year that uh, it's awesome to see. And I'm going to keep doing this show until I physically can't anymore. It seems to be the, uh, the plan anyway. So, um, Expect much more of this, more of these end-of-the-year lists and rundowns. Maybe I won't make it so many episodes next time, but I appreciate all of you for listening. Thanks to all the artists who were on the show in 2023. There was, uh, you know, 100 and some episodes. Um, we're getting close to 900 now, hitting the 1,000 mark pretty soon in the next uh, year and a bit. So, uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who listens to the podcast. Hope you keep listening. You keep listening, I'll keep making them. Here's a clip from my interview with Brendan from Super Duty Tough Work as well as a song from the new record. Thanks again. This record seems like right from the beginning, it's pretty uncompromising. Like it's just, it's, there's no, it's, it starts and ends with just kind of like, it's, it's heavy. It's, it, you're saying something, it doesn't stop. It doesn't let up. Like, was that 
something that came out of that is just wanting to double down on your own sort of um, w- your own messages and your own your own values and your own sort of ideas of what should be set on a record. Yes, simply. Uh, I mean, you know, as in theory, right? There was a shift in public consciousness, right? In theory, um, and as that's the case, like that means that we have to shift also, you know, because I think, you know, we want we want to think that we are, you know, providing an analysis that is uh, that is different, possibly ahead of the mainstream. So if that moves, we have to move also, you know what I mean? And even if it doesn't move, like we're, we're always still learning. I'm always learning, you know, getting more, you know, facts and researching more and reading more and all those things. So like naturally, you know, my opinions and ideas are going to shift also. Right. So, so it was just, so on one hand, it was kind of influenced um, by like the need to, you know, said, okay, so everyone's on this page. Well, that's great. So now let's examine it, you know, even deeper, right? One hand was related to that. On the other hand, it's just a natural progression. Um, so, yeah, but honestly, like, for better or for worse, I think, you know, I'm glad that in theory we had this shift because, you know, I don't think that collectively we were in a very good place in terms of our analysis before. And, you know, at the time, I don't know, like I said, I'm not sure how deep it is. You know, the, the, uh, cynic in me feels that a lot of it was very surface level and this, you know, there is some kind of, I guess, reactionary, uh, you know, lyrics in that sense on this record to that, um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, if you really, if we really want to talk about these things, then let's really talk about, you know, what the real issues are, not just, you know, aesthetics. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, do, yeah. do you think that there's any sort of um, permanent shift that's happened? I mean, do you think that the people, I mean, obviously, like you said, there's, there definitely were some people sort of being on trend and then going back to whatever they were doing before. But do you think the events of the past few years, I mean on top of everything that happened in 2020 we've all gone through this this global pandemic you know people's lives have been uprooted uh, worldwide do you think that there's any kind of maybe shift towards people wanting to express i mean art has obviously always expressed you know um struggle and difficulty and then and, and, and things like that along with more positive stuff but do you think that there's a shift maybe in terms of culturally in terms of people wanting or being more open to hearing something that is reflecting, um, you know, serious issues and, 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 and not compromising on, on saying what needs to be said. I think, I mean, I think, is there a shift in people being open? I think, yes, I think for better or for worse. And, you know, again, I might be quite cynical about this, but like, you know, people are understanding things in, in a different light. You know, for for whatever reason, for whatever reason, you know, there is to some degree more of an understanding of some issues. You know what I mean? Now, I don't know if that's led to actual material change on the ground. You know, I think maybe not. But, like, I can tell you for sure that, you know, we definitely get 
you know, it's very different now performing Fuck the Police than it was before. Bet, yeah. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, that, that you know, and I guess it, we'll, we'll see um, what comes in the future. But I definitely think people are a bit more, like people who wouldn't have been receptive or open or understanding to hearing things like that now are less um they're less taken aback you know which i don't know i honestly don't know if that's good or you know i don't know if that's a good thing because yeah i mean you know part of what we do and part of art it's not i wouldn't say to offend but it is at some points i think you know putting people including ourselves you know you know having to confront like uncomfortable you know um just elements yeah. right and um if so you know is it good that people are more comfortable with these uncomfortable happenings and then as you know and we're and still seeing no material change like I don't know. Right, because you want to be able to confront people with it and then sort of show them, like, look, you have to you open your eyes to this, look at this, this is what's actually happening. And yeah, if they're if they're almost desensitized to it because they're they're sort of immersed in, in reading about it and everything, then yeah, maybe it's not going to be as 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 drastic of an effect on them when they when they hear. But I mean, like when I when I first heard your tape, the, the previous tape, um, I think I come from punk rock and reggae were the two genres of music I listened to the most and still do. And so I mean, when I when okay. I heard your tape, it, it really was like. Um, it was refreshing because you know a lot of the music I listen to, mm. whether it's thirty years old or whether it's from last week, it, it deals with that kind of stuff. It deals. It's very direct. It's very confrontational. It's very um, you know outspoken on on issues and on 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 topics like like the social issues you're dealing with in your in your in your music. And I think I hadn't heard anything like that in a while, especially in hip hop. Mm. And not not to say that there isn't. I mean, there's tons of people doing hip hop of all different stripes uh, worldwide, and plenty of people are doing socially conscious hip-hop politically conscious hip-hop but i think that it was um yeah it just it just i hadn't heard something that hit that hard in a while i I mean songs like fuck the police Mm. for example it's so direct and i think that for a long time people had been sort of hinting at things or using metaphor and you just come right out and and say it on this one too it seems like it's it's lyrically harder and musically harder too it seems like everything is just a lot more sort of in your face and, and confrontational. And, uh, mm. yeah, I, I really, I really appreciate that, that it's, um, nothing about the record is, I don't want to say it's not subtle because there are, there are musical subtleties and, and, and lyrical subtleties too, but it, it's very much kind of, this is what we are. This is what we represent. This is, here it is, you know, make of it what you will. Yeah. Make. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Is that something that you, I mean, are, are you going for that? You want to have it sort of just once it's out there, it's open to the interpretation of the listener or, I mean, cause you know, depending on who, who hears it, especially with some of the songs that are, are, are more, I mean, you're, you're single there with the video, um, uh, guillotine dreams, right? That, that, that video is, is very, um, effective. <laughs> it's very hard too. And so, I mean, mm. who, who are you, who is that being directed at? Is that being directed at someone who maybe is ignoring some of these, these issues or is it directed at someone who already is sort of aware and, I mean, what's 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 the sort of target audience for something like that that comes that hard? It's both. It's both. Um, you know, I would say <clears throat> in our music, you know, we like to 
I mean, guillotine dreams is a perfect example, but so, uh, and before I'll say that, like, you know, cause people always say to me, oh, fuck the police is my favorite song. I'm like, great. But the truth is like all of our songs are fuck the police. Right. You know what I mean? So when it comes to a song like guillotine dreams, you know, that may be the most kind of overtly like song that overtly tackles some of the subject matter. But like at the end of the day, all of our songs are always kind of like, you know, whether it's overt or covert underlying or in your face, like we're always kind of, we have the same goal all the time. You know what I mean? So, uh, but one thing that we're trying to do or a few things that we try to do is, you know, first, you know, is to, you know, be hyper uh, specific, but also, you know, have a broad, a broad range at the same time. So like, you know, we might have examples that are like super local to Winnipeg and at the same time be talking about things that are, you know, anyone in the world can relate to because they're seeing the same thing happen in their community or their city or country or whatever. Um, And at the same time, you know, we want people who have similar experiences to us and who may have similar ideas to us to, you know, feel, uh, to see themselves and, you know, hear themselves and be like, yes, I can relate to that. I I understand that, you know, we want them to see themselves reflected. And then, yes, of course, people that d- may not have the similar experiences or may not be on that same page quite yet, you know, we are trying to, or wanting to, hoping to maybe be part of the force that, you know, maybe makes them, you know, think about new things or think about different things and move in a different direction, possibly. You know what I mean? So really, it really is like uh, for both of those audiences. The only thing I say is checkmate. Microphone check like a shotgun blast to your breastplate. My whole team, nothing but chefs, hooking up fresh plates, soon to be top five. That's without the bit or self-hate. Raps tighter than fresh braids, the drums crispy. Still I'm Damon Wayne's face and Thomas Dunn Witties. Kids with literal children thinking they puffin' biggie. This that John one dirty hands for hardcore strictly like chill. You should be embarrassed. Work ethic that's simple and careless. While we put in working like a single parent, it's a parent fuckers can't compare with. The art that I'm pumping is carrots, terror charges, portage after Paris. Lay back and cherish while I'm feeding them hits. Splitting these pigs, season save me with the season to sit. I'm breathing these splits and beating these skins. Opposition till I pass away. Killed by my friends like Jam Master J. It makes sense. Some rather see me for the magistrate. Instead, I stand on stage. I don't lie, fib, or exaggerate. What I stand for speaks for itself. No need to fabricate and place stats or lie in my bio. Yo, can you say the same? They're trying to find a better way. They're about to cause Berlin based on the way I take your breath away. I never say die, just be like, uh, I keep them pressing place. So they bump the studies like it came out yesterday. Technique. Uh. Yeah. Yo. My pen is 
like Kodak, just check with SoCan. It's food for thought, feeding more kids than the Panther program. We on the road with the band like we some nomads, looking for home, running these cones, bumping these slow jams. They love to talk, but don't want to listen. Most of these fucks are chasing fame with no respect for tradition. Talking that shit about B, like he thinks he's all wisdom, but when this shit drops, you know they look for us like missing children. Listen, so much regret, that's the hard part Kilos in my family, I learned to live with those hard scars It all hurts the same whether in Polo or Walmart And so I stand firm like a star car in the car hearts It's for the art, made it since I was tiny Comic books in 89, then Da Vinci in 93 So my pen evolved to be something like a Hindi Wiley So now I don't stress these little mileys trying to vibe me like